0: All right. Welcome back to the podcast. This is this is um what's this podcast called again, Kyle? That's a great question. This podcast (laughs) is called the SeaSock Reading Club. That's what it is.
1: It's been a while.
0: It's been a while. Hopefully, hopefully everybody that's listening right now has just like flown by us and kind of like recording, like as far as like reading pace and recording pace. I hope everybody's just like already done with the book, but we're a little, we're a little behind, aren't we? We're a little behind. We're a little behind and I don't want to make excuses for myself or for, you know, I mean, I don't want to make excuses, <laughs> but anyway, we're behind, but you know what? That doesn't mean the book's not awesome. And that That's doesn't right. mean that we can't still read it and, That's and right. record an episode about chapter 10 right now. So we're in chapter 10, and this is the, this is the third section. No, this is the second section. Second mm-hmm. section of the book. No, it's section three. This is section three.
1: Chapter two of section three, yeah.
0: Chapter two of section three. And what's the section overall? This is um, Christ and the new life. Christ and the new life. Yeah. And we're zoning in here on chapter 10, the crucifixion of sinners with Christ. KB, you got some, got some kind of help us land here and kind of take off, or I guess maybe help us take, take the plane off and a little lift off here, kind of bring us into what's going on.
1: Yeah. So um, last chapter Nee is talking about, um, and he starts this chapter again by saying the highest goal. Uh, this is the first chapter, first sentence of chapter 10. It says, the highest goal in the salvation of God is the dispensing of his life into man. Boom. Um, so, again, this is, uh, the book is called Normal Christian Faith. In other words, what is basically Christianity 101? What is Christianity all about? Mm-hmm. And he's been driving home this point, the essence, the center of, Our faith is the new life, the life of God being dispensed Mm -hmm. into us. Last chapter, though, he set us up for like a two-chapter combo. He said, before God can dispense his new life into us, there's two prerequisites we need to experience. And last chapter was on prereq number one. This chapter is on prereq number two. So last chapter, we talked all about uh, forgiveness of sins. Mm. If God's if God's going to dispense his life into us, firstly, he's got to forgive us of our sins. Right. And that that should be uh that should be pretty obvious if you're if you know anything about Christianity. Yeah, I need to be forgiven. I'm a big sinner mm-hmm. and I've done I've done a lot of sins that need forgiving. Of course, last chapter there was an awesome um nuanced presentation of that which I thought was incredible and And compelling about how God forgives sins without falling into sin Himself. In other words, He He has to forgive sins in a righteous manner. Right, um, which becomes a little bit more, in a sense, you could say, from our perspective, a little more challenging for God. Mm -hmm. Um, So this chapter, chapter ten, though, is on prereq number two, and this I think is opening up um, uh, a little bit bigger of of a window here into God's salvation. God's salvation doesn't just include the forgiveness of sinful actions, but God's salvation includes the termination of the sinful source. There we go. Um, That's the death of the old man. We may be content with just having forgiveness of sins, but if that's all we ever know and strive to experience— our Christian life is just going to be going in circles because mm-hmm. we're not going to have the new life to strengthen us and energize us to overcome um, those sinful problems. That's but right. if we experience the death of the old man and if we experience Christ as our life in a practical way, then that life will not just be uh, struggling always, just, oh, I blew it again. But that life will empower us to be free from sin. Mm. And actually, as this chapter is going to point out, the new man is deaf to the suggestions of sin. All oh, right. So when sin beckons, the new man doesn't hear those, those suggestions or temptations. So it's a really powerful uh, second prerequisite here in God's salvation to give us his life.
0: You know, I think this is really incredible and awesome and in in the realist sense, not just like everything's awesome, but I think mm-hmm. this is actually awesome because I think it it um, it hints at everything. It hints at things that a Christian experientially knows. They know, That's like, true. I know I appreciate that I'm forgiven, but something's still wrong. Like I I keep doing stuff I wish I didn't do. Yeah, and. And then I, and then I I appreciate the Lord's forgiveness again, but then I I still do stuff that I wish I, I didn't do. There's something wrong on the inside. And what's wrong is that there's, there's the source of sin. (laughs) It's not just that our our sins are problems, but it's that we're a problem. We're the problem. (laughs) And, and I I love how Nee kind of opens up this chapter answering the kind of nature versus nurture question, where, where, where do our problems come from? Where do our sins come from? Is it, is it our environment? Is it, is it what our environment nurtures or is it nature? Is there, is there something just that we're inborn with that gets manifested because of our environment? And of course, what the scripture reveals and what, watchman knee brings out here is that sins originate from our person we're the yeah. there's a source of sin deep within and the salvation of god jesus doesn't just want um our sins to be forgiven he wants the source within us to be nullified dealt with um ha, punted out mm-hmm. of there you know what i mean and for us to receive a a new life so that we don't continually live our Christian life in a frustrating, dissatisfying circle of Lord, forgive me again. I did it. I promise I'll never do it again. Oh wait, it's only been a a few minutes and (laughs) I did it again, you know, and is, is the Christian life actually possible? And so I think bringing us into Romans chapter Let's see, Romans chapter 6 is what he's going to yeah, be in, right? Bringing us into Romans chapter 6 and seeing how um, Christ's crucifixion not only deals with our sins, but deals with the sinner. I think it's so helpful and kind of view broadening for our mm-hmm. Christian experience. I agree.
1: Let me, let me read two of these quotes here. I love this about the environment you're yeah. talking about. The, yeah. This would be on the nurture side um and this is uh i think this is more commonplace than you know i thought of originally but the more i thought about this the more i thought yeah a lot of i think like this mm. um you know we blame our environment for yeah things. and we just think oh man well, it was because i was i was at the wrong place at the wrong time or the people i've been hanging out with man they're the problem yeah um And there's obviously some truth and wisdom and, you know, environmental uh, solutions to, you know, our struggles. But uh, I thought these sentences were pretty interesting here. He says on page 119, um, our environment cannot precipitate something that does not exist within us. Mm. That's a pretty loaded, loaded line there. Our environment cannot precipitate something that does not exist within us. And he says, temptations in the environment, are merely catalysts to hasten the exposure of our inner substance. Right. I thought that was really powerful. Totally. Um, so basically, we can't just try and get away from a bad environment. You know, we can't. We can't just have kind of an environmental theory of sin or a social theory of sin. Like, well, if we just fix up all the things in our environment, then we won't be sinners anymore. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Actually, that that was the problem uh, that a lot of people experienced when they went to the monasteries, Mm -hmm. you know, back in church history, this monastic uh, thought to, hey, I need to extricate, you know, Mm -hmm. remove myself from the influence of the the city and culture where sin exists. And I'm going to go live on a mountaintop or in the woods, and I'm going to join a group of like minded people in a monastery. We're going to build a wall around ourselves. We're going to, you know, put ourselves in cells. And windows will be too high to look out of. So I'll have no, you know, influence from the outside world to make me sin. And then the monks discovered you can't escape from yourself. There it is. And so even (laughs) in the monastery, the the problem of sin and the old man is still there because it's within us. It's not just our
0: environment. That's right.
1: And that could be really discouraging if that's, you know, where we left the matter. (laughs) It's like you can't escape from yourself. You know, bad news. Yeah. But there's good news in the chapter, which is actually there is there's deliverance. That's right. There's not just forgiveness, there's deliverance from ourselves. And, and I was thinking about it like this, Chris. Yeah, go um, ahead, bro. Think about it like this. Think about your environment like just a big magnet.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, where whatever you're at, your environment is just pulling out that, you know, that reactive metal. Of sin that's within us, so mm-hmm. it's there. The environment just pulls it out. Mm-hmm. So the environment exposes what's already within us.
0: Yeah, that's right. You still there? I am. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're. I mean, you know. I mean, I wish we were face to face recording this right now. Then I would know you were that... still there.
1: Yeah, I was just letting that sink in, you know, for dramatic. You know, fact. can we
0: just can we just actually can we just pause right now and just let that marinate a little bit? Let's just take three seconds let's right pause. now. Pause. Yeah, that that's wow, better. That's, that's good. Whew. That's good. Our environment hey, exposes our life. Yeah, let's.
1: Um. Hey, what what were you about to share?
0: well I, I, I wanted to i wanted to get on i wanted to get on the deliverance there I felt like you were you were you know kind of soft soft tossing deliverance there and i i mean i, I was I was kind of winding up there
1: well let me read romans six six and then you can take a swing okay come on bro so this is a verse watchman he's uh referring to a lot uh, in this chapter romans six six i I'll, I'll throw in seven two because he mentions that but it says this knowing this that our old man has been crucified with Christ in order that the body of sin might be annulled, that we should no longer serve sin as slaves, for he who has died is justified from sin.
0: Mm. What I thought was incredible about these verses and what I thought was so wise of god this i would have never thought to deal with the origin of sin i would have never thought to deal with our problem this way the way god delivers us from our sin is by um killing us <laughs> that's the way he he <laughs> takes to deliver um us as sinners is through death, death that's right is the deliverance? So, That's right. it, this is what the the scripture reveals here in Romans six six and six seven is that we were we were crucified with Him. Our old man mm-hmm. has been past tense crucified with Him. So, death is the deliverance, and He gives these two examples about a guy who's addicted to playing cards. He's addicted to gambling with cards. And he gives another Mm -hmm. example about a guy who's, um, can't be delivered from his pride. He's just a prideful guy. And I mean, you know, welcome to the club. We're all sinners. Right. And so he gives these two examples and he talks about the way they could be delivered. And the only way they could be delivered is by dying. If, yeah. if if they're in a casket, if they're buried in the ground, guess what? My man's hands aren't going to be re- reaching for the cards. They're just that's right. <laughs> they're not. They're not going to be interested in the, in the cards. They're not going to be reaching for it. Or if my man gets buried in the ground, it doesn't matter how how many of us come to his memorial meeting and eulogize him and talk about how incredible he was, and all. he's not going to feel one ounce of pride because he's that's already true. died. And so God's way of deliverance is death and That's right at, at an initial um, to experientially enter into this at first the first thing we need to do is just see it. This is the fact. this is what yeah. happened on the cross we were crucified with him Amen. <laughs> to me this is an incredibly wise way of god to deliver us from our sin nature that's right
1: i think chris um what do you what do you think about this let me run this by you yeah come on to to me this kind of truth um doesn't really begin to um really be appreciated uh until you kind of make some progress in the christian life Mm. um in other words you you've lived some years as a christian Um, I think obviously an initial Christian is most excited about the forgiveness aspect, right? I mean, especially if, if, again, if not, you know, if you're saved when you're six or eight, you know, I don't, I don't think you have much appreciation of forgiveness even because, you know, what have you done? You know, eating too many cookies, right. You know, snuck out of bed at night and watch some TV or something. Yeah. But um, you know, someone who's 21, 25, they get saved. I mean, man, they've they're probably really appreciative and thankful for forgiveness, definitely. And you tell them, well, your old man's been crucified, and they're kind of like, okay. I mean, but as you as you live longer, I think you begin to realize, man, how important it is to crucify the source. Yeah. Um, And then, I think if you think about this in Romans six, seven, and eight, you know, even though this was. done by christ on the cross mm-hmm. we all a lot of times pass through our own version of romans 7 for which sure is a, a chapter of desperation and struggle and crying out to god because we realize man why do i still do what i don't want to do mm-hmm. and so even though i think if you think about this in the order of the chapters of romans romans 6 7 and 8 6 shows us what we're talking about we're crucified with christ that's right and And Paul says we need to know this, Mm -hmm. but it's not until we kind of pass through our own experience of Romans 7, the pit, uh, you know, the the quicksand of Romans 7, where we just we struggle and struggle to be good and to keep the law. And we discover I can't. I can't. And that chapter ends with that desperate cry, wretched man that I am, who's going to deliver me from the body of this death?
0: Who will deliver me?
1: And then chapter 8, we really begin to experience what Christ has already accomplished in Romans 6. That's right. So I think as we go on as, as Christians, I know this has been true for me, um, the more you experience that power of that quicksand in Romans 7, the more you look to the unchanging fact of Romans 6, what Christ has done, mm-hmm. and you put your faith in it, you learn how to tap into it, You learn how to experience it in the spirit. You learn how to praise the Lord for that. And that's when that gets activated in your experience. And you experience your old man truly being dead. Amen. And then that that evokes praise to the Lord for what he's done. But at that point, we really know this, that our old man has been crucified. Amen. So I think this is a knowledge that the Lord brings us into uh, experientially, and progressively, you know, through the years that we're Christians, not all at once. Amen. That's really the case. How about, Chris, how about you kind of lead us into this example that he gives on from Romans 6, this uh, three-party scenario, well, sin, the old man, and the body.
0: Okay. I was really wanting you to hit that. <laughs> <laughs> but well, Okay. So, Okay. But the deal is, the deal is, is that like, like the example (laughs) he gives a little bit earlier, just to kick off this section on God never Uh changes our lives. He doesn't just kind of... That's a striking,
1: striking title.
0: Yeah. God never changes our lives. He doesn't, you know, shape us up a little bit. Um, you know, what he does is he is, he takes us through the (laughs) the death of the cross, um, he gives this example of us being a sin or he gives the example of a sin factory that yeah. just produces sins, whether it's jealousy, murder, adultery, etc. It's a sin factory that produces sins. That's all it does. And yeah. I thought that was such a poignant kind of elucidating picture for what we've got going on on the inside. you know there's, like yeah. a, there's a giant sin factory called Chris, uh, Chris Hall, you know, (laughs) and, and I, I, you know, I produce my own kind of sins with my own color and my own taste and my own preference. And they just keep Mm. coming. And I think like you were saying, experientially as Christians, once we um, get down the road a little longer, a little further, we start like sensing like, "Mm, I don't like that. I, that just keeps yeah. on happening. Um, turns out, wow, I am a sin factory. But yeah. but when it talks about when Romans six six talks about the body of sin being annulled, which is what you were just alluding to, this to me kind of getting into this picture that Watchman Need develops about the about sin, indwelling sin, um, and the body and the old man. This to me kind of elucidates and and helps lead us into eventually. Um, Romans 8, but gives us an idea of what's going on in Romans 6 and 7 before yeah. we get there. Yeah, that's true. You got to keep Romans 6,
1: 7, and 8 as a kind of a unit in your mind, totally. Um, but okay, well, let's let's dive into this then. So, in Romans 6, 6, this is straight from the verse. You got these three uh parties, these three basically, you can imagine a scenario that these are three people. You've got, he says, our old man.
0: Number one, you've
1: got the yeah, you've got the body of sin. Number two. And then he says you've got sin itself.
0: There you go. Number three.
1: Now, now, if you look at the verse itself, though, he says uh, the old man has been crucified. So think of Think of these three people like in a line. You've got sin first, then the old man, then the body. And he says the old man has been crucified. So that would be the middle party. Um, in order that the body of sin might be an old, mm-hmm. so that's party number three. Then he says that we should no longer serve sin as slaves. That's party number one. Right. So the the example he gives here, if if you keep all three of these in a row, sin is the master, and the old man is the slave. Yep. And the body is the instrument or the vehicle that the slave uses to carry out the dictates and commands of the master. Right. So in this, in this threefold kind of setup here, sin's the master and sin is not what we do. That's, that's in the body. The body does the sinful acts. Sin here is the master is the old sinful life, our sinful nature. Right. And it is our sinful life and sinful nature that commands us. We are the old man to do certain things through our body right so most sins i mean there are some sins uh that you can do without um you know anyone in a sense knowing it like coveting or Mm -hmm. you know maybe pride or sinful thoughts but a lot of the sin we do is with the body it's with our uh eyes yeah with our ears it's with our mouth things we say and it's with our hands and feet you know we take things we steal we um Maybe we type something mm-hmm. on the computer, mm-hmm. we text you know, with our thumbs, yep. all of that, or we go to sinful places, uh, but all of that's done in the body. The body is the vehicle that we use to follow the commands of our master who is sin, right. not a good
0: master. Not a good master.
1: And the problem is, um, you know, nee points out on page 122 that uh, sin is a powerful agent um, but whenever the old man is met uh, whenever sin and the old man meet, the result is instant collaboration.
0: instant collaboration
1: Yeah, I thought that was a really powerful phrase. Yeah. So our old man, us, we ourselves, we always instantly collaborate with our master mm-hmm. sin. So he says jump and we say how high and that's it Now the 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 point here of, of bringing up this analogy is, how does God deal with the body of sin? Yeah. I mean, you would say that's the problem, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's what I did with my hands. It's what I looked at with my eyes. It's where I went with my feet. Um, But but actually the, the problem is the old man. It's the middle man, the middle man. God deals with the middle man. Got
0: to get rid of the middle man. And
1: when God, when God crucifies that old man, who is that bridge between sin and the body, then the sin may still make demands, but the body is now unemployed um, and won't respond to the sinful suggestions. So I think of it like this. This is how I think of it. And and I, I mentioned this to you a week or two ago when we were talking about this, but I, I thought this it like, was very helpful to think about it this way. Good, good. Yeah, I think it just makes it a little bit more uh, visual, you know, visual and concrete as an example. Right now, you know, it's, it's a little bit hard to follow, but Think of it like a, um, a contractor on a construction website. Mm -hmm. So you've got your, um, you got your contractor. He's the guy who's in charge on the construction site. And, you know, he's the one who is bossing people around. Hey, we need to, you know, dig right here. We need to lay some rebar right here. We need to pour some concrete right here and, uh, think of the old man as all of the construction workers. Yeah. So they are the, they're the employees. Um, and so the contractor says, Hey, you guys go dig out all that dirt over there. And the employees, the old man construction workers, they say, all right, but what they use to accomplish that task is all of the construction equipment. So you right. got your, you know, your, all your diggers, your excavators, all the machinery that, you know, all those big trucks you see on the, on the construction site. Now imagine if the, con- the, the con- contractor tells the construction worker, Hey, go get in that excavator and go dig a big ditch. And the contract, the construction worker, the middleman, he has a heart attack in the machine. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be sad. He dies. But it would be sad. Yeah. He dies. But then what's going to happen is that that excavator is going to be unemployed. It's going to right. be useless. It's going to be inactive. And so I think that helps. We're the construction worker and God's salvation is to terminate us That's so it. that none of those commands and instructions by the sinful contractor will be done through the construction equipment. It's right. awesome. I think it's an awesome picture. And it's really Really helpful to me,
0: which is what so the, Romans six six gets into when it says the body of sin might be annulled, meaning it's exactly. unemployed. It no, it's jobless,
1: jobless because
0: because what the old man has been crucified. So because the middle man has been taken care of, there's no one to thus carry out sin's orders. It's hey, look at that, and then well, there's nobody to carry that out through the vehicle of the body. That's right. And what I think is awesome about this is that it's not just, okay, old man's taken care of. I'm whack. Good. I finally <laughs> got taken care of. You know, I'm, I'm done. But it's the Lord gives us a new life. There's a new That's man right. with a new life. And That's this right. new man with a new life, he hates sin. He, amen. I, oh, there's a great utterance. Here it is. Here it is. The old man that was attached to sin is removed, and a new life that abhors sin is put in its place. When temptation amen. comes, this new life naturally shuns it. Isn't it awesome? Yeah. That now that we have Christ's life, it's natural for us to shun sin. Amen. <laughs> it's natural for us to abhor it's sin. Natural. Uh, that's, that's probably why we feel so bad about it now. It's because Mm -hmm. when it's unnatural unnatural for us, whereas at one time it was natural, now it's unnatural because we have a new life. In this way, the body loses its function in regard to performing sins. Wow. I just thought this was incredible. Sin comes, tries to give its orders, and the new man that's diametrically opposed to sin is deaf even to the suggestion of sin. That's mm-hmm. that is a quote in here that I thought Death, was incredible. Yeah. The new Death man suggestion is diametrically opposed to sin, he is deaf. To the suggestion of sin, that—that that to me—that feels so good. I just—it does. I would love. To, I just love to hear that kind of spoken over me, like every day. Hey, by the yeah. way, man, you're you're deaf to the suggestion of sin because of the that. new life that Christ has given you. That's so good.
1: Amen. I think it's such a powerful example. I mean, imagine that contractor screaming yeah. at that worker, you know, get to work, do the job, start digging. And he's deaf.
0: You can't even hear him. Exactly. doesn't
1: matter how loud is screaming in our environment. When we're living in the new man, when we're living one with Christ, we don't even hear those suggestions.
0: So good.
1: That's why, you know, it's Chris, it's easy to, in a sense, be for the Lord. And it's easy to like, in a sense, overcome when you're. In the spirit, when you're praying, right. when you're singing, when you're with the brothers, fellowshipping—that's right. When you're studying the word together with some others, even just being with some other members of the body of Christ. That's right. Um, we're usually, uh, we're usually um, massively, you know, massively boosted and assisted, and we're not struggling when we're when when we're in those situations. That's, That's right. because we're in the spirit. Amen. We're deaf. We're deaf. And let me just let me just tell you this Chris next chapter needs going to get a lot into the spirit in some of the chapters to come so good um I know we're kind of you know we keep kind of poking forward into that spirit territory because that's really where the application is
0: that's where it gets applied
1: but understanding what's going on you know in Romans 6 and these chapters I think it's crucial for our like you know that verse said our knowing of this it's a base for our experience if we don't Absolutely. have the understanding, if we don't have the understanding of the truth and, in a sense, how this works, then our experience in the Spirit is going to be unreliable. Because mm-hmm. We're not going to have those solid truths and facts to stand upon.
0: That's right. I I really think it's like—it's almost like um, seeing this from the Bible, understanding what Paul is saying, and, and having light from the Lord to kind of shine— in our inner man, on the truth of what's happened to us, it's kind of like it opens a new frontier for our experience. That, like you said, without seeing this, would be um, unreliable and not that regular. But when we when we have light on Galatians two twenty, and we can stand on the fact, I am crucified with Christ. I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I may not have experienced that five minutes ago. But I I stand on the fact right now, I am crucified with Christ. I was co-crucified with him, took care of the old man. It's the basic solution to the problem of sin. I have been crucified with Christ. And it, it, that fact, it points us forward to the application of that, to the experience of that. There's a whole new frontier. It's like manifest destiny. There's this whole That's right. country of experience before me that now that I know it's out there, I am set. I'm directed in the right direction to experience mm-hmm. it, you know what I mean? And so yeah. I think just seeing it and seeing the fact from the word, it orients us rightly to enter into the experience of it.
1: I think that's a really good example. You know, it's like we're, we're camped out in, you know, cold, cloudy, rainy, uh, you know, northeast Boston, you know, as you know early settlers of America. Yeah. And it's not until you hear, hey, there's actually – land way beyond you know imagining to the west that's right you know, across the mississippi there's gold to be found there's sunny california there's this yeah. like, almost like paradise waiting to be taken and conquered and explored and mapped but knowing that is there hearing that knowing that knowing that that's a fact that actually gives you the inspiration motivation uh, the wind in your sails to go forth and experience it. That's right. Now I know there wasn't that much gold in California for a lot of gold rush people, but in this example,
0: spiritually, exactly.
1: there's a lot of
0: gold to be had. There's <laughs> a lot of gold to be had. And at least in SoCal, it hardly ever rains anyway. You know what I mean? That's so true. if you make that it one, there, that one, but that one counts. No, that I, I totally, I totally feel that. And if you know that, then um, you're propelled to explore. You know what I mean? you you yeah. just you realize there is there's a place that's not like this and there's there's mm-hmm. a place where there's mountains there's a, there's so much more to be had and explored i see the fact i'm going mm-hmm. yeah i want to point
1: out one more thing chris here as we kind of wrap up yeah um, i thought this was really good right at the end of the chapter um he's got this section on the Eastern concept mm. of Eastern mind. Yeah. I guess it's kind of right in the middle on eradication of sins mm. and remember Washman in China, preaching the gospel. Right. Um, but I think this kind of concept has infiltrated Western concepts. Mm. Um, but he says that the Eastern mind always thinks that perfection is attained uh, as soon as one has repressed his sins. Mm. So And then he gives example about keeping sin, you know, on a tight rein and suppressing it. And, um, you know, that, that's pretty obvious through Eastern religions with meditation and cultivating, you know, patience, you know, especially if you're thinking about Chinese religion. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we do that too a lot, don't we? Yeah. We, 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 we go for the the solution of repressing, you know, and, 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 Western culture in America, this would, you know, be things like count to 10 backwards, you know, count from 10 to 1 backwards, <laughs> take a deep breath, you know, uh, look on the bright side. Um, yeah. we, we have so many cultural tricks to repress sin. Yeah, um, You know, think about that that person, you know, he's having a bad day. You know, we've got all these tricks to suppress sin. Maybe they don't take a kind of a religious guise. Mm -hmm. Like it may in an Eastern religion, but um, we, in our Western way, we repress sin. And I think this is a a good thought to
0: uh, maybe end on here. That doesn't work. (laughs) No, it doesn't. (laughs) And and the fact that you have to repress them means you have a big problem. (laughs) You know what I mean? Repressing them doesn't solve anything. It's not like, oh, I did a good job because I didn't lose it today. The fact that you had to repress, repress losing it shows that you got a big problem. Yeah. And, uh, you know, w- w- what is
1: a person who's constantly repressing a lot of strong, sinful, natural desires? What is that kind of person like? He's uh,
0: uh, miserable. Yeah, I would say miserable. <laughs> and
1: he's not a pleasant person to be around. And he's so uh, begrudging and uptight, and stressed, and so that's not God's way. God's way is to terminate the old man to release us, and the Christian life doesn't become one of constant struggle to repress, but one of joyous
0: liberty in Christ through the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's finish on that. That's a good note to finish on. Amen. So... We're charting into... Wait, let's see. Do we have one more chapter in this section? I think two. Two more chapters in this section, and then we'll be entering the final section of the normal Christian faith. And I think I think we should set a new goal of having this done by the time the fall semester begins. Big,
1: Big goal there. Big goal
0: there. <laughs> I think if we just read a little bit and fellowship a little bit and record it, it's going to happen. And... Anyway, wherever you are, as as our listeners are listening, wherever you are, hope you're enjoying the Lord, receiving the truth from Romans chapter six here and loving it and having the normal Christian faith open up God's word to you. So thanks for listening.